Rumcasters, and welcome back to another installment of the Rumcast podcast. This is John down in Miami, and on the other side, we've got Will in Tennessee. And uh, Will, how's it going, and what's uh, what's up with you? Not too much, John. You know, I was reflecting earlier this week about just how much time I've spent talking rum online with people over the last year between these podcasts, uh, the live streams that I do with Savvy, yeah. the discussions on social media and in forums. And, you For know, sure. I've had some great, great times and I look forward to continuing to have those great rum conversations online and everything. It's wonderful that we're still able to do that uh, in these times when getting together in person is a little bit more difficult. But then I had an experience last weekend that reminded me of what I've been missing during this time. So um, oh, I met up. Do tell. Yeah, I met up at a, at a local liquor store that has probably the best rum selection in town with uh, just a, a small handful of members uh, from a nascent rum society here in Tennessee that we mentioned in our last episode called uh, Friends of Rum yes. Tennessee. You know, a few of us were just talking about uh, this great lo- local liquor store called Elixir Spirits uh, down in a little town called Spring Hill. It's kind of a suburb of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And a few of them hadn't been there before. And so we were like, oh, we should all, you know, go sometime. You know, we'll all w- we'll wear masks. We'll do it safely. So we went and it wasn't anything special. You know, it was just uh, a, f- a few uh, rum enthusiasts just perusing a rum selection. We brought some samples of stuff to exchange with each other. Uh, then we spent right. probably, you know, 45 minutes or so outside uh the the front door of the liquor store you know huddled it was like i don't know 40 degrees outside so it's a little chilly but we just you know (laughs) sat out there just talking rum hanging out in person and it's just a reminder of like as great as it is to connect online with each other and i'm so thankful Mm -hmm. that we have that and like different ways to do it with people there's just there's not a substitute for those in-person interactions And, and and really like that was something that i wasn't getting even before covid in the nashville area Mm because i just don't i didn't know very many people in my area who were into rum and it was really just at festivals and things like that where i'd get those you know small little doses of hanging out with rum people and having a great time so anyway i bring that up because uh we mentioned in our last episode the you know the Mm -hmm. idea of rum societies and how we want to try to uh, make it easier for people to find those in their communities to help spread the word yeah. about rum societies is something that we really want to mm-hmm. keep doing with this podcast. And I know uh, you've you've been hard at work at uh, gathering and collating some information uh, so that we can make yes. that a little easier for people. So you want to you want to bring them up to speed on on where we are with that? Yeah, sure. Before I do that, really quick, I was going to say it's funny you mentioned your story because I, I had some serious FOMO this past week. Oh yeah, uh, because yes, because there was a few members of the Florida Rum Society that were more up in the Orlando okay. area and a small group of them did get together uh, in mm-hmm. person and physically distanced and you know they posted a couple of pictures on the group and I was like man yeah. I cannot wait to get back to that I know. I'm sure that uh, a lot of people are feeling the same as you and I with that I'm glad you got to have that experience and the, the good thing about these groups that are online now that we're building is that it gives us the opportunity moving forward to create these other events in person uh, with more ease and locally in our area. And so uh, I was going to say that what got this idea started was actually a thread on Ministry of Rum uh, posted by Maura Gedded, where she she had kind of said, hey, roll call, what what societies or rum groups uh, are there out there? Yeah. And that was a really great idea that I thought needed to to be expanded upon. So kudos to her for, for thinking of that and for people uh, posting on there. And then I thought, well, the next evolution of that is we, we should have one place where everything kind of is centralized for geographically located groups that people can find. Right. So that was the the idea. And we were saying, well, why why not do it? So like you said, I, I went to work. I, I, I plumbed the, the depths of the internet, <laughs> <Got a> plumb. <laughs> as you would say, uh, and looked uh, worldwide. A lot of them are, are US-based, but there's quite a few that are not, that are EU and, and in other places. And, and Will, I'm sure I missed... Quite a few. Sure. Um, I'm hoping that people that hear this and they they look and they go find that the the page on the website, which I think will you'll give the Earl in a second for. Um, did you wait? But, did you say the Earl instead? I've, yeah, I always call it an Earl. I've always heard URL. URL. I've never heard someone say Earl. That's amazing. You've never heard a friendly Earl? No. Yeah. So URL, yes, but I have friendly Earl, uh, <laughs> uh, as in URL. I love that. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> it must be a Florida thing. Yeah. I don't know. I've, um, any, anything that is weird and unexpected, I just chalk it up to being a Florida thing when you bring it up. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we're pretty much leading the world <laughs> yeah, in that, I, know, I think. I so, you know, Florida man does uh-huh, everything. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, there there will be an URL, uh, and uh, will what's the URL we have right yeah, now? Yeah, so we're gonna put it up at rumcast.com/slash/rum-societies, uh, and we'll also have a link to it in the show notes. And uh, the page isn't up yet, but like if you go to rumcast.com, uh, we're gonna have it in the menu on the site, so it shouldn't be hard to find. But yeah, rumcast.com/slash/rum-societies, and basically it's just gonna be a directory um, that makes it as you know hopefully as easy as possible to find a local rum group that's close to you somewhat and yeah as john said i'm sure the list that we have up now is is nowhere near complete uh, but yeah. there are i'm looking at the list now i mean there's there's well over 20 uh across the world so uh yeah if if you see some missing please let us know uh, it's going to be really easy for us to add stuff here so just shoot us an email at host at rumcast.com and uh yeah we'll get it added as quickly as possible for sure and, and with that i'm i'm kind of excited to uh talk about our our discussion topic today well so um we were we were excited when we kind of thought about brainstorming what could we talk about together uh one of the topics that we we came up with was things that are not rum that are in our home bar selections that help us to experience rum, whether that be cocktails uh, and mixed drinks of any kind. And I'm really excited to get into that because as, as you know, and as listeners are probably well aware at this point, I'm more of a, a, a sipping rum led person. And, and sure. Will, I know you, you're you you're kind of a, a more balanced, I would say. <laughs> you're balanced in the force no, of rum. I, yeah, I mean, like I, I still, my favorite way to experience rum is, is drinking it neat by itself. But I do yeah. really enjoy making cocktails at home, both rum-based and non-rum-based, although certainly, you know, most of the ones I make are rum-based, and I've found it's a really great way to uh, enjoy rums in different ways and, and, you know, pick up on nuances. Uh, You know, when you put them in the context of of other stuff, there's things that come out of them that, Mm. uh, you know, you Mm -hmm. don't necessarily always experience when you have them on their own. So, and I mean, cocktail culture is just uh, such a big part of rum culture and it's something we haven't talked about as much on the podcast Mm -hmm. you know most of our guests have been uh people from distilleries or you know brands uh, associated with distilleries and you know we talk about rum itself so uh you know maybe something on the agenda for this year is to get some more um you know bar professionals and stuff on the podcast that would be pretty fun but for now uh the best that uh listeners you have is uh john and i on this episode (laughs) so uh yeah we're gonna talk about we each picked out uh, three things that we keep in our homes regularly uh, to enjoy with rum in some way or that help us appreciate rum. Uh, right. I don't know what John's three are. He doesn't know what mine are yet. We haven't discussed that. So, yeah, I think, you know, when I was kind of brainstorming what I wanted to do, I, I think we both agreed to like, you know, oh, like there's a few staples fresh citrus sure. juice right. and things like that that you know uh the obvious one yeah the super yeah. obvious like everyone knows fresh lime juice goes great with rum yeah, so yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about that as much and i omitted a few other things i wanted to get a balance of like stuff that isn't too esoteric you know but mm, stuff that mm-hmm. is that that also maybe you haven't tried yet um or that sort of thing so i yeah. tried to cover three different bases with mine one is a non-alcoholic ingredient that you can Ooh. use to make like just like a super simple like okay blank ingredient plus rum type drink okay you know i, I found like the more i make cocktails at home you know sometimes i love pulling out the like nine ingredient tiki cocktails and stuff like that and getting fancy with it but most of the time I i'm find, not there yet <laughs> most of the time i find i just want something that's like easy that i'm not gonna have to like you know yeah. get out the cutting board get out the like a, mm. the juice press thing and you know something i could just throw together not even have to shake it up so one of one of those ingredients plays into that um one is an, an ingredient i think most people are not likely to have yet and then one is an ingredient that I think is like it's pretty well known and a lot of you might have it. But if you don't have it yet, you should really get it. So um, that's how I yeah. kind of looked at it. But yeah, I'm really excited to see to see what you've picked for us as well. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same page with it. And I think that that helps. I Like you, I avoided things like, you know, Coca-Cola. Obviously, I can mix <laughs> rum with Coca-Cola. Hey, but don't that's spoil not- my first one. Come on. <laughs> 
but you know, we're we're talking about things here that um, make sense in different ways that would be really appreciated by rum lovers, but aren't necessarily those first things you think of. Yeah. Um, but I do think they're essential. So uh, I do think, for, at least for me, these are my essential type of mixing, and all of mine are are do include alcohol. Okay, but that's good. I, I think let's um, maybe we just do the short break and then we can jump right into it and get into our uh, top threes. All right. Yeah. After these words. Hey, Rumcasters. If you love rum like we do, there are six simple but meaningful words that are likely to get your attention. Single barrel, cask strength, no additives. Those six words are the whole premise behind the single cask rum releases from Holmes Key, the sponsor for this episode of the Rumcast. Holmes Key seeks out the world's best rums and releases them unadulterated and at cask strength in limited editions. Check out their website at homeskey.com to learn about current releases distilled at places like Foursquare in Barbados, Demerara Distillers in Guyana, Travelers Liquors in Belize, and South Pacific Distilleries in Fiji. And be sure to look out for new releases of limited editions that are releasing soon in 2021. Find them at Homeskey, that's H-O-L-M-E-S-C-A-Y dot com. Now back to the show. All right, so we're excited to get into our uh, top three essential mixers here for for rum appreciation. And um, so the the first question I had is, Will... uh, do you think we will have any of the same? As you mentioned, we don't know each other's picks, so are we going to have any crossover on this? I don't think so. I think there it's possible that we have one crossover, but I would give it like a 30% chance. Um, so... So yeah, I think I think you know one of the things that's nice is as you as you said earlier, you're kind of just starting to right. dip your toe in the water of like making cocktails and things like that at home. Um, I've I've been by no means an expert, but I've been doing it a little bit longer, and so yeah, I think we'll have stuff that runs the gamut of you know great stuff for people that don't do it at all yet, and then stuff yeah. for maybe people who who are a little bit further along in their their home uh amateur uh cocktail making journey <laughs> that that sounds like a good frame uh framing and i, I appreciate it will because as you said yeah i agree i'm certainly just dipping my toes into this but it's a really good perspective because i feel like there's a lot of other people out there just like me that are Definitely. Uh, just learning and like what are the it, it seems like you mentioned the nine ingredient cocktail which i told you i haven't <laughs> tried yet right. um but like every time I go to look at a cool cocktail that I see posted online, I don't have an ingredient. Right. And I'm like, ah. so it, it, it keeps stopping me from trying to explore. So when I made this list, my my kind of idea was, OK, let me get three ingredients that I think are really good, that are versatile, mm-hmm. that I can do simple cocktails or mixed drinks with mm-hmm. that I really like. Awesome. So that's where I went. Well, hit me with your first one. I'm dying to find out what these are. All right. Well, I'm going to do the one I think has the most possible for crossover. Okay. Um, but I, I really feel strongly that it's a, a good one that people, uh, rum people should have in their bar, especially me. So this is uh, Velvet Falernum liquor, John uh, D. Taylor's. Of course. Yeah, classic, a classic, so classic, we, a product of Barbados. Exactly. So I was going to say that being a product of Barbados and actually blended and bottled by uh, RL Seal and Company. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, Foursquare, and it, it's of interest to me. And that was interesting to me that I know that this product is made and is intended to go with these Barbados rums. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. that that was one that I considered. Mm-hmm. I did not add it to the list because I'll, I'll give the full list at the, at the end of the episode but there's like mm-hmm. three or four ingredients that like I do keep all the time but I was like I'm not going to say those because like they're like uh, e- either John is going to pick one of them and then we'll have too much crossover <laughs> right? or it's just like it's it's super commonly known but I, I definitely think Falernum is like it's something people have heard about right. but probably a lot of people don't have yet so I'm interested like what drove you to get that and what do you use it for most often Sure, because so it's in a ton of different drinks it, it is um, it, the, the first thing that, that drew me to it is exactly what I just said which was that it was a product of our Barbados and I had heard so much about it uh, being a Barbados in fact the 
the first sentence on the back label says Falernum is Barbados in a bottle. Ah. And I think that's a great line. And it, it definitely, I, I feel like it, it speaks to what this is. So uh, it, it's a 11% uh, alcohol by volume. So it's not very strong in terms of what it is. Um, it no. is sweet and it has some yeah. of the spice and the, the aromatics of like a, I get maybe a little bit of a clovey thing. Um, yeah, like clove, like kind of all spicy. Yes. Uh, lots of lime. It, it's like a yeah. very limey kind of a. I mean, I think lime is used in making it. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and ginger a little bit as well. Ginger, maybe. yeah. So, um, but the the one that is a go to and that I feel like is easiest to use flarinum with the Barbados rum is a corn and oil. Yep, classic. Uh, it's easy to make. It's it's pretty much these two ingredients, right? And uh, and what, so what, what like what is your recipe by the way? Because that's one of those cocktails that also people you can really kind of taste adjust to your own preferences and sometimes sometimes people will add angostura bitters to yeah. it um, but like i'm curious what, it, what what's your go-to so uh, funny enough you ask so i'm in the process of figuring that out okay and okay. And, and honestly i i couldn't tell you with any assurance oh it's going to be one and a half ounces of rum and sure. half an ounce of uh, falernum i i've been toying with it for the past few months Okay. And I don't know yet because I don't like things super sweet, uh, obviously. So uh, it, it, I'm trying to figure out where is the balance there that I get the Falernum influence, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it's a balance, uh, right? So there's plenty of uh, recipes online you can find for corn and oil. And there's kind of a standard, I think, uh, for the, for that recipe too. But for me personally, I have just explored with uh, kind of going by little increments of mm-hmm. including a half ounce, a little bit more, up to 0.75 ounces of it. And that's kind of where I've stayed uh, in terms of uh, recipe for, for the corn and oil. Um, there's some I've seen that go up to equal parts. Yeah, I've seen those as well. And I'm actually, what I'm doing right now is I'm looking up the Smuggler's Cove recipe. Uh-huh. So the Smuggler's Cove recipe is half an ounce of, and they specifically recommend John D. Taylor's Velvet Flare. Yes, Two ounces blended aged Barbados rum. And okay. they also recommend the two to four dashes Angostura bitters. Got it. Um, so, yeah, theirs is almost more like a – it's almost like an old-fashioned build. Like, I, except I don't usually put half an ounce of sweetener in my old fashions. But, mm. um, it, like, putting half an ounce does let you get more of that. Like, you want to taste the Falernum, I feel like, when you're making a corn and oil. So, I agree with you. I wouldn't do equal parts personally. I think that would be too sweet for me. But yeah, and that half ounce to three quarters ounce range is really nice. That's where I'm at for the most part. But I've actually used less as well and enjoyed it. It's just that, Mm -hmm. like you just said, I think is exactly right. I kind of want to taste the the falernum in there. Uh, It's a a good base. Like you said, it gives you a lot of versatility. And uh, because of the nature of where it comes from, I really enjoy it. I want to ask you, have you tried other falernums other than John D. Taylor's? The only other one that I've tried uh, is the Maggie's Farm Falernum, oh, which is, yeah, it's made by uh, Maggie's Farm up in Pittsburgh, yeah, um, which is a, a cool, you know, distillery here in the States. And uh, it, theirs is really good. It it's, is. It, it's it's harder to find and it is going to be, you know, more expensive um, coming, you know, from a smaller producer. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like I, I would say start with John D. Taylor's Velvet Falernum because it's the classic. It's yeah. from Barbados. And if you live in an area where Maggie's Farm is distributed, try that one too because they're great. I like Tim Russell, the distiller founder there, a lot. Um, yeah. They also do a lot like giving back to their community. Like they donate some of the proceeds from all their sales mm-hmm. to, I think, an animal shelter or something like that. So yeah. they're, they're a cool company uh, to support. And their, their Falernum is really interesting as well. I'm glad you said it. I completely agree. And uh, I was really wowed by their falernum. I thought it was excellent as well. So yeah. it's, uh, we're on the same page. So that's a excellent. good thing. All right. And, and also one more thing on, on falernum yeah. is just like it, it's it's great for like you said, like making corn and oils, like simple stuff, throwing sure. it in cocktails. But it's also one of those ingredients that if you want to go full blown tiki nerd, it's going to be in like like almost 50 percent of recipes like will <laughs> sometimes you know have just a little bit of falernum in them. So, yeah. you know, you, you're not going to like lack for uses of it if you if you get a bottle. So to continue in the realm of simple cocktails, I will go with my first ingredient, uh, which which I mentioned earlier as the one non-alcoholic ingredient. Okay. I wanted to pick something that like, I, I think finding, I, I call them single ingredient drinks, even though obviously there's more ingredients in it because you're adding rum to it as well. But like right. those cocktails, like you said, like a corn and oil that are just like so easy to make, you don't have to like 
get a bunch of dishes dirty to do it. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to shake it. You can just, you know, kind of mix it up in a glass, throw some stuff in a glass and like take it outside yeah. when you're relaxing and that sort of thing. So obviously the most famous one with rum is Coke. Uh, I'm not going to mm-hmm. cover that yeah. here. Uh, then there's, there's also ginger beer, which I really right. do like. I, I love, you know, rum and ginger beer, you know, sometimes referred to as a dark and stormy throw a little mm-hmm. lime. I know you're only supposed to use that with Goslings or whatever, but That's right. yeah. rum and ginger beer is great. There's the Ray and Ting, which is another, uh, I like Ray and Ting. Wine. I had one yeah. yesterday. That's funny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah. So Ting, like the, the, the grapefruit soda from Jamaica goes great with Jamaican rum. That's another classic one. So I wanted to, to hit on one that I only started doing last summer, but I like, as soon as I had it, I was like, this is amazing. And it's going to be a staple, like warm weather go-to for me going forward. Mm. And it's coconut water and rum. Yeah. Uh, coconut water. It's incredible with, with rum. So yeah. The kind of the the thing that turned me on to it was actually uh, seeing the recipe for a carabeno in Smuggler's Cove, which mm-hmm. is, I, don't, I don't think Smuggler's Cove invented this. It's so simple. It's probably been done for, you know, decades throughout the Caribbean. But mm-hmm. four ounces coconut water, two ounces rum. You can stop there and it's still great. If you want to take it a step further, you can add just like a little like not you don't even need to juice the whole lime. Just cut off a wedge and like squirt it in there, you know, and then like a touch of simple syrup. If you want a little bit more sweetness, but it's so good. And uh, I like doing it with a rum that has a little bit of Jamaican funk to it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be like as, as, as full blown funk as, you know, Ray and Nephew or, or Rum Bar Overproof or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it with Probitas, you know, which is the blended rum from Foursquare and Hampton. It's got a little bit of that Hampton funk in it, but it's so good, so refreshing delicious you taste the rum you taste the coconut it's great uh so yeah i I really don't have that much more to say about it other than like it's it's a great simple really enjoyable thing yeah and i i don't i mean obviously there are lots of people out there you mixing coconut water with rum not saying i like stumbled upon some hidden (laughs) secret or something but i don't think it gets as much it doesn't get as much attention as you know coke ginger beer right uh stuff like that so i wanted to throw it out there it's it's great i'm excited to hear you say that i i have actually done some experimenting with coconut water also and rum and uh you know as we said at the outset i felt like i was coming in with much less experience with this so i was wondering what you were gonna bring and i was gonna be like oh yeah sure that's sounds great um (laughs) but i'm glad to hear that uh i have experienced this as well and feel very similar to you in terms of coconut water is a really awesome base to mix rum with and like you said you get some different things out of certain rums when you mix them with things Mm -hmm. i've found that's true with coconut water and i get some really interesting types of flavors and get to explore in a different way the rums that i have in my cabinet just by adding a little bit of that to it yeah awesome so uh all right i'll move on to my number two So this is the newest staple or essential for me that I have in my bar. So I will admit that I'm not super experienced with it, but... I wanted to include it because I, first of all, I freaking love it. Okay. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And um, second of all, because I think it's, it's for me, it's one of those things that everybody needs to experience. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't as a rum person, and I expect most have, but if you haven't somehow, then you should. So Because you hadn't. You hadn't yet. I hadn't. So there are, there yeah. are likely a lot of people out there, whatever this is, haven't experienced yet. So Right. And as you'll see now, I'm going to introduce it, but as you'll see, there's a corruption into what it actually is, uh, not oh. the product itself, but the drink okay. that I make with it. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll spare you the details. So you'll know exactly what I say when I say what I'm drink I'm talking about. This is Luxardo. I saw just the top of the bottle and I knew what it was right <laughs> away yeah. and you're like ah, know what it is so uh this is luxardo maraschino yeah. original liquor uh which is a, a a cherry liquor uh and luxardo has been making this forever and it's a uh, really really great product i have the smaller bottle uh the 375 the 375 mil yeah yeah it's a uh, 32 percent uh abv so it's it's up there in comparison to like the falernum for sure mm-hmm. but i love the cherry flavor that i get it's not overpowering when people think of maraschino uh they they sometimes think of and that's what i did forever i thought right. ah that's a sickly sweet yucky kind of flavor that uh, me personally i'm not really into that kind of mm-hmm. like 
artificial tasting thing. Yeah. But I said maraschino, and I don't know if you're going to call me to task on that, but that's the I, way I... I don't know. I always said maraschino. I, yeah. I, like, is there a difference between maraschino and maraschino? So, I actually did my homework. Okay. I looked it up. Okay. Because I had said maraschino... Uh, for a while. I'm part of my family and my background's Italian. I don't know if that makes a difference So, because okay. I heard it said in my family is Maraschino. Gotcha. Um, and I, heck, you know, I could even still be pronouncing it wrong for all I know. But Maraschino was the the liquor, whereas the Maraschino was for the, the cherries that are in that syrupy liquid. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if other people are making that distinction. Well, I do know now because I was going to say I didn't know and I looked it up and there are other people who feel the same. Who all say right. that, yeah, that they're, they're like, oh yeah, they, the liquor is pronounced Maraschino with the hard like ch or k sound as you would in italian but the corruption of that and with the the maraschino cherries are are more of that kind of pronunciation and and i don't know if it's americanized Mm. uh in that way or or not i'm that part i don't know but that seemed to be the deciding factor between the two now that said there's lots of people who pronounce this product is maraschino liquor. Yeah, and I, I'm. I'm not going to be like you know one of those people that's going to be like actually, it's uh, it's pronounced maraschino. Can I? Can uh, I? Can I? Well, actually, something else you're saying right now. Yes, though? you can. can I please. Be that guy? Yes, you, you can. Well, you're saying you're saying liquor, and which I, I always reserve point. for just spirits. Yeah, uh, well, well, and like this, it, it's alcoholic, but I always call it a liqueur or a liqueur. You yeah. know, however you want to yeah. pronounce it. So I just I, I I'm now I'm questioning like is there some other distinction I didn't realize that. John has, has done his homework on or no what's going so on here I, you need to do your homework on this Will and next episode <laughs> we need to report back on liqueur versus liqueur versus li- what was the other one li- liqueur liqueur yeah uh, um, please do because I'm I'm uh, actually interested and uh, I want to make sure okay. I know what okay. I'm talking about too that's my and, homework uh, assignment yeah that's well, your, yes how, however however you say it at home whether liqueur liqueur <laughs> Uh, liquor that that's what it is and yes. I, i'm glad you brought this up because i've had this in my home bar for a long time i did not buy the 375 mil when i got it because i didn't know it existed i got the right. full 750 which let me tell you will last you a long time because this yeah. is an ingredient that's usually in pretty small quantities right in cocktails because i've i've found it can be kind of a polarizing ingredient like mm. if it's just a touch of it usually i people don't react that strongly to it but if you get mm-hmm. into the cocktails that have half an ounce to three quarters of an ounce i found sometimes people are like "Ooh, what Off is foot? that I, I don't like yeah. that because it's an intense um it, it's sweet it's, it's sharp a unique unique it's, flavor yeah, it's a very unique flavor mm-hmm. um and, and so but I, I there's some cocktails that i love it in so i'm interested to hear what like what what was your gateway like why okay. did you get it and what do you what are you using it in sure so i love daiquiris they're my favorite mm-hmm. uh mixed drink and i uh hemingway daiquiri i had uh. always kind of heard about and i had had a, at different places i had ordered a hemingway daiquiri before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but as i was mentioning at the outset of this one is that hemingway daiquiris don't seem to be as standardized as I thought no. in terms of the recipes that are that are out there, and no. and so many of them do not use this uh, the maraschino at all, uh, and they they just kind of make up their own thing in terms of what they're using as uh, ingredients. Or oh, interesting. I, I, I don't know where it comes from, but it seems like you have a proper Hemingway daiquiri, mm-hmm. which the the recipe that I have for that is two ounces, usually like a light rum uh, or a white rum. And uh, three-fourths an ounce of fresh lime juice, half an ounce of fresh grapefruit juice, mm-hmm. and then half an ounce of this maraschino liqueur. Okay. Liqueur. Um, <laughs> and so that's the recipe that I've been doing. And I've been playing with it a little bit too. Like I said, I kind of uh, figure out what I like and don't like. And I actually think for me, I wanted it a tiny bit sweeter than this. Uh-huh. So I know it, there, there's talk I've heard that Hemingway was diabetic. So he didn't want the extra sugar and and just wanted the the alcohol. Um, I, I've heard that as well. Um, I don't know like, if that's I, true. I, I've heard yeah. people say if you make it the way Hemingway liked it, that it right. is way out of balance and like not not sweet enough at all. Um, right. And so I think like if you look up the recipe, a lot of the ones that have become more standard are like mm. more modified, more balanced. Uh, you know, trained bartenders have right. figured out the right equation. So uh, I can't remember the ways I've made it, but I've I've made them at home. And like I, yeah. I use the you know not the original Hemingway's recipe, but mm. like it's it's a great drink. It's so good. So that's probably exactly why it's been corrupted in so many different ways and why it's been non-standardized. Is because yeah. I think you're right. I think when when I started with the recipe I just gave you, it's it's very dry. Mm-hmm. I can drink it and mm-hmm. I can enjoy it. 
but I, I did prefer to add a little bit of either simple syrup or something else to to sweeten it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, and it also, I think, depends a little bit on your fresh grapefruit and fresh lime juice. Definitely. Yeah. I find that sometimes some fruits are much sweeter than others in terms of the sugar content that goes into your drink. Yep. Or or more sour. You know, you can get right. a lime sometime that's just more sour than, than other ones you've had. So, yeah, it can vary. Yeah. Yeah, the Hemingway daiquiri is definitely great. Um, there's there's a, a a drink called the Demerara Dry Float uh, that that has like passion fruit syrup and mm. a little bit of the maraschino liqueur in it that I really like a lot. It's a little more complicated, like like I said, it has passion fruit syrup in it, so yeah, uh, not as easy to make. But it's it, and there's also some classic cocktails. Like the Last Word is one. It's a gin based cocktail mm-hmm. that has I think equal parts gin green chartreuse which is mm-hmm. another ingredient i mm-hmm. love but it's it's really expensive uh, so i yeah. didn't i didn't bring it up in this episode and then the maraschino and simple syrup uh, yeah. so I, I i love that stuff i think it's a really fun ingredient to use yeah i'd love to hear from people what their hemingway uh, recipe is yeah. and how they've differed it and then also if you pronounce it maraschino or maraschino <laughs> <laughs> or liqueur liqueur or liqueur 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 cool all right what, what's your number two will let's move on okay so my number two this is probably the most esoteric of selections for me but i've found over the last couple of years or so that i really enjoy cocktails with amaro in them Mm, um mm -hmm. there's all different kinds i think the plural is actually there's a lot of vocabulary and pronunciation stuff in this episode (laughs) i think the plural of amaro is amari so basically uh amari they're they're uh, bittersweet liqueurs originally from Italy, but they're made all over the place now. Very herbal, rootsy, summer citrusy. Mm. Um, there's a ton of variety. I, like I said, I'm not an expert at all in them, but like the more I try them and the more cocktails I have with them, the more I really like them. Um, some of the mm. most common ones you may have seen before, uh, Averna, Chinar, Fernet, Campari, Aperol. Right. Um, the one that I've selected is is newer and less common than those. And it's okay. from a place that also makes rum. So it's Amaro di Angostura, which is made by Angostura, Angostura which makes Trinidad. Angostura bitters. Yeah. Trinidad also, yeah. they make lots of rum. And it's basically a very similar flavor profile to Angostura bitters, but sweeter, not as intense. Uh, hmm. They actually use the bitters in its production. Yeah. And I felt like since, you know, it comes from Angostura, they make a lot of rum. I thought I bet it's, you know, kind of a natural fit to pair with rum, but I wasn't quite sure what to use it with. Right. But I got a bottle anyway because it's it retails for around 24 bucks, so it's not super expensive. And there's a cocktail I really like that is not a rum-based cocktail. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called the Toronto Cocktail, and it's two ounces rye, a quarter ounce of Fernet, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, two dashes Angostura bitters. You stir it over ice, strain it, serve it up. It's great. A really mm. good drink. And I was like, I want to make a rum version of this. And instead yeah. of using Fernet, I want to use the uh, Amaro di Angostura instead. And I don't know what made me use this rum, but lis- listeners will know that it's a rum I've talked about being one of my favorites. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the Hampton Estate 46%. Of course. The green yes. label one, the label that John loves and thinks is the pinnacle <laughs> of label design. Um, I, I like I don't mix that rum often, but I selectively use it in cocktails because as, as much as I enjoy it by itself, it when I want to splurge, it, mm-hmm. it makes phenomenal spirit forward cocktails. And so I was like, I'm going to try making a rum version of the Toronto cocktail. I'm going to use two ounces of the Hampton Estate 46, a quarter ounce Amaro di Angostura, a quarter ounce simple. And then instead of two dashes of Angostura bitters, which I'm sure would work fine in this, but I wanted to use another Jamaican ingredient to go with yeah. the Jamaican rum. So yeah. one thing I've done, and this is another essential ingredient for me, but it's not one that I'm including in this episode just because I, like, I feel like it's already... It's been covered enough, but allspice dram. I love allspice or pimento dram. Um, Right. It's a St. Elizabeth's is a great brand. I think that they make that in. I think it comes from Jamaica. Fact check me on that. I don't know for sure. But anyway, Hamilton as well, right? Hamilton's pimento dram. Hamilton. Exactly. Allspice is a very Jamaican ingredient. And I like allspice dram so much that I actually I poured some into an empty Angostura bitters dasher mm. and I'll just like sprinkle it on stuff sometimes if I if it if I feel like a drink needs a little something extra I'll just couple <laughs> dashes of allspice dram uh, yeah. and it works in so many different things so instead of the two dashes of Angostura bitters I added two dashes of allspice dram 
to this cocktail. And like, I, I am not a person who is particularly proud of cocktails I've tried to make in the past where I've kind of like come up with the ingredients myself. This is the only drink literally I've ever created at home that I've been like, <laughs> I love this. And like, I'm proud of this drink. Um, cool. So it's like I said, it's a riff on the Toronto cocktail. And I figured since I have this Trinidad ingredient, the Omaro de Angostura, it's kind of swimming in all these Jamaican ingredients okay. um, between the Hampton rum and the allspice dram. Hampton is located in Trelawney Parish uh, in Jamaica. It talks about like Trelawney is on the, the Hampton bottle and everything. So I wanted to give it a name that speaks to that. So I call it the Trini in Trelawney. Again, this Trinidad <laughs> ingredient swimming in Jamaican ingredients. Um, it's it's the only cocktail I've ever come up with that I actually am proud of. So I have to always have a bottle of this Angostura Amaro now because yeah. I love this drink. And uh, I think like there are some other tiki drinks out there a little more complicated that use this Amaro. Mm -hmm. But that's the one for me. Like I, if you want to get a little esoteric and have something in your bar that is a little uncommon, um, but goes great with rum in lots of ways. Uh, try a bottle of this. It's it's really good. I was talking to somebody recently about Campari, and uh, they were tasting it. They did not appear to like Campari <laughs> at all. Well, and this this Amaro is nothing like Campari. Okay, all um, right. Campari is is uh, citrusy. Okay, and it, it has a lot of kind of herbal rootsy qualities as well. It, Campari is is much more bitter than this Amaro de Angostura is. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're on different planets almost, even though they're both technically Amari. Um, okay, so what is your number three? Okay, I'm prepared to be more wrong as well with this one because <laughs> this is my more esoteric pick of the three. Okay. And as we mentioned, I wanted to bring some stuff that was different to the overall podcast and some of the essentials. So this one is is kind of uh, like an essential and kind of a, a common ingredient or a take, I guess you would say, on it, mm -hmm. which is curacao. So, uh, you know, Cointreau or Ferrand dry Curacao or mm -hmm. you know, even Grand Marnier and there's others out there that are triple sec and and I, frankly I'm not even really aware if there are very slight differences between triple sec and Curacao or if they're all kind of just grouped into the same thing. Um, I, I think a lot of them are used interchangeably, but my understanding is there there is a difference between mm. uh, you know Cointreau, Grand Marnier. Uh, and oh, a dry sure. curacao like like Pierre Ferrand. Like I, I think there's technically some differences between curacao and triple sec. Um, right. And, but like that's not to say like if you're making a mai tai and which orange curacao is one of the core ingredients of, mm -hmm. and you only have Cointreau, which is technically a triple sec. Like it'll like it'll still be good. It's um, close enough, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but there are differences for, me, for sure. But yeah, uh, but please continue. Yeah. So this one is um, Mandarin Napoleon liqueur. Oh, so, I'm not uh, familiar with this one. Ah, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, bringing something new to you. So I, I saw this in uh, a store once, didn't buy it because I was just kind of curious about it. And then uh, I happened to then later that week, and I can't remember when this was, it was probably a year or two ago, mm -hmm. uh, I saw a drink on a menu uh, that was a Mandarin mojito. Oh, interesting. And so I looked and I asked them and they said, yeah, they used this Mandarin Napoleon to create this Mandarin Mojito. Well, I liked that drink so much that I went and bought a bottle of it. Uh, you know, Mojito is a pretty classic rum drink, of course, yeah. but um, this was a kind of a, a take off of that. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So this is a product that is 38% alcohol. Mm -hmm. So the highest of the three in terms of the mixtures for me, mm -hmm. um, it is from, uh, I believe it's Belgium is where they make this. Okay. So is, is it labeled as an orange curacao? N no, but it falls again. That was why I started with that because it's in that league okay. of that. It's a, it's a, uh, I believe it's cognac based, similar to Grand Marnier. Okay, and it's um a, a very similar, I would say, in flavor uh, components to okay. some of the Cointreau and the Grand Marnier. However, with the very, very distinct flavor of mandarin oranges. Okay. I actually, like, I don't know what's what's different about mandarin oranges, like, flavor-wise from regular oranges. Oh, gosh. You're going to... Uh, I, I, I would struggle to say uh, what the difference is, but I know that a mandarin orange has a distinct flavor to it. So, okay. you, if you've had, you know, a navel orange or any other... Uh, there's myriad of oranges out there that, you know, especially here in Florida, that you get plenty of. Mandarin oranges, they're smaller in size and they're closer to a tangerine. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm probably going to get you know people saying no, that's wrong, but uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. But for me, I would say the closest thing I could say to you that would give you the right kind of flavor profile would be closer to a tangerine uh, for what a mandarin tastes like. Okay. Uh, so this really does. If you have a a mandarin tangerine, uh, or I don't even know if those two go together, but a mandarin nearby, and then you taste this liqueur, it is absolutely on point with wow. that. It, it is does a really good job of just that exact flavor goes into this liqueur. So the the mandarin mojito, I'll give out the the recipe for people is uh, two cups of mandarin or or tangerine juice. So that would work. Uh, it's you know usually I don't know six or eight mandarin something like that. Um, but two cups of that, uh, a quarter cup of fresh lime juice, um, a quarter cup. And by the way, this is a a, a Bulk recipe. I was going to say, this is, this is like a batch. This is <laughs> Sorry, for a group of people. Say, this is a batch, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. Um, but this is the way I've made it before for people. Um, and a quarter cup of fresh lime juice, a half a cup of simple syrup, uh, uh, and uh, mint leaves to taste. Uh, and then you can add, uh, if you want, chilled sparkling water or club soda if you'd like. I, I, I tried it like that. I kind of prefer it without it. Um, okay. And then one and a half cups for me of rum is about right but mm-hmm. i think other people may may want less depending on how rummy you like it yeah so if you mix all that together you get a really really nice mandarin mojito kind of uh drink that you can then pour out into different glasses and serve and it's i i've gotten really good uh reviews on this from people that have experienced it with me uh, at our house prior to covid can't wait to do it again uh afterward but again it's a simple enough recipe but it really brings a distinct flavor like you said, like you're like, wow, I'm not really aware of this. It, it gives a very distinct, unique kind of uh, cocktail flavor that I like. So that was where I figured I would try to go uh, with it uh, for my third one to give a little bit of a difference. Also, before I move on, I was going to say I do like to add this to rum old fashions as oh, a variation yeah. on that. So uh, in place in place of like simple syrup or something like that. Yes. So you yeah. can do it in place of simple syrup. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've even, you know, done a little bit like half and half of the, mm-hmm. the content for simple syrup and half of the the mandarin uh, to add to a uh, rum old fashioned, which really is nice. You can use the orange bitters. The Angostura orange bitters mm-hmm. uh, is nice to utilize in there as well. And it gives a, a good real orange kick to your old fashioned as a variation on it. Nice. So, yeah. Well, I haven't had this product, but I'm guessing it would probably work in a lot of the the roles that Orange Curacao plays in some classic rum drinks, like mm-hmm. the Mai Tai, for example, which has mm-hmm. half an ounce of Orange Curacao in it. Um, and, and by the way, I was looking up just a little bit I was, because you mentioned that it's it's made with cognac. Um, and I thought, if memory served correctly, that Pierre Ferrand's dry Curacao uh, I also. believe is is also made with yeah. with cognac, and I looked it up, and it is in fact uh, it says peels mm-hmm. of curacao oranges blended with brandy and Ferran cognac. Mm-hmm. Also, it says by the way that it is a traditional French triple sec. So we know at least <laughs> that curacao can be triple sec. I don't know if that works the other way <laughs> the as other well. Way with all triple yeah. secs of curacao. I don't know, but yeah. So I and by the way, orange curacao was one of those ingredients that I was going to throw out at the end of the episode as one mm-hmm. that you should add. Like I I never don't have it. Uh, in my bar because I love to make Mai Tais and you have to have it to make a classic Mai Tai. Um, The two that I've had, well, like I've had Cointreau when I first started getting into making cocktails, um, but then I I went for the Ferran Dry Curacao, which is excellent. I've also been experimenting with Clement's Creole Shrub. Yes. uh, Which is similar. I was going to mention that too. Uh, Again, I don't, I don't know that it's technically a triple sec or technically a curacao, but it's an mm-hmm. orange liqueur and like it works great in a Mai Tai. I, I think mm-hmm. Rum J, uh, JM also makes a shrub. Uh, I have not had it, but yeah, Wh- whether you want to get John's uh, recommendation and experiment with that or, you know, the Fran dry curacao, the Clement shrub, orange curacao is an essential ingredient to me in a home bar for sure. So I'm Nailed glad that it. you mentioned that. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> all right moving on to your number three so my number three you actually brought it up uh oh. in our previous uh discussion oh. when we were talking about the other amaro because it's another amaro no way. yeah and it's it's one that not everybody loves but i think and it's one that i think people know is in a lot of well-known rum or not a lot but a few well-known popular rum cocktails and it's campari 
I I love ah, Campari. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's very bitter. It's an acquired taste for lots of people. Uh, for uh, an equally large number of people, it's a taste that they are never able to acquire. Some people just <laughs> don't like it. It yeah. is like it's medicinal. Uh, it's bitter. It's also sweet. Like it, it has a sweetness to it for sure. Mm-hmm. But there there are a handful of cocktails, particularly rum cocktails uh, or cocktails with rum that I really love Campari in. And I just like, I always have to have a bottle at home, so I couldn't yeah. not include it here. But the the cocktails that I think uh, people would love to make with it, uh, rum Negronis, I think are mm-hmm. amazing. The, the classic Negroni recipe is a gin cocktail. It's equal parts gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. There's yeah. a million variations of Negronis. There's white Negronis. Uh, there's the Boulevardier, which is uh, basically like a bourbon Negroni mm-hmm. um, with slightly different proportions. But uh, the the Kingston Negroni is is one rum Negroni recipe I really love, which is just an ounce Smith & Cross, an ounce Campari, an ounce sweet vermouth. Um, when you use an aggressive, bold rum like Smith yeah. & Cross with Campari, which is an aggressive, bold ingredient, they it, it. it's kind you of what you need. a bold drink. Exactly. Or do they cancel well, each other out? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's not that they cancel each other out, but they can stand up to one another. Because ah, Campari okay. can easily dominate other flavors. Just like if you're a rum drinker, you know Smith & Cross in a cocktail can sometimes dominate other stuff. Yeah, that's all you yeah. taste. But you put those two together and they butt heads and they work really well together. Um Got it. And you can use other rums in a rum Negroni that, you know, I, I made one the other night with Appleton 8, which is, again, a Jamaican rum, but uh, a, a, not not as uh, much of a, you know, a funk bomb as Smith mm-hmm. & Cross is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's and again, it's a simple stirred cocktail uh, doesn't require, you know, a lot of effort to make. I love it. If you want a, a little more effort, a cocktail that is really, I think, a gateway tiki drink for a lot of people is the Jungle Bird. Yeah, um, heard which a lot is, about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great, great cocktail. Um, ounce and a half of rum, three quarters ounce Campari, half an ounce of lime juice, uh, anywhere from an ounce and a half to two ounces of pineapple juice, and then half an ounce of simple syrup. Mm. It's it's so good. Um, something about that combination of pineapple and Campari mm. and rum together. Uh, are, are just phenomenal. Uh, I really like Jamaican rums. Again, I, I guess there's just something with me with Jamaican rum and, and Campari. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll caution with the Jungle Bird is uh, like, I, I think it was invented in like the 70s. Uh, the recipe okay. was somewhere along the way, there was a bartender who came with the idea of using Crucian Blackstrap rum, right. um, which it's I, I say rum like it, it's labeled a rum uh right. there's there's yeah. a lot of st- i don't know what all is added to cruising blackstrap rum to me it's more of like a rum liqueur uh because mm-hmm. again it has some stuff added to it uh i'm 99 sure that that makes it taste not quite you know like a true rum to me and mm. i get why some people like to use it in this cocktail but i would caution against following the recipes that call for using that as the entire rum component uh yeah. to me it's it's not a great drink um but i i love it with with a nice jamaican rum whether it's an appleton if you want to get funky smith and cross again combining with campari is great and I, I do find it enjoyable to sometimes use a little bit of that cruise and black strap in the drink Ooh, as well so- yeah, so like you do I'll, put a little I, bit again, in I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, trying to bury this as like a yeah, bad yeah. ingredient. I just, I don't like when people uh, throw out the idea of like, because what you'll see a lot online is like, oh, you need a black strap rum mm-hmm. for this cocktail, which like there isn't really any such thing as black strap rum. There's black strap molasses, which right. uh, a lot of rums are distilled from, but like there, black strap rum is just. A, a marketing name that like uh, some companies use to describe this rum yeah. that, that a lot of times is like flavored uh, in some they're, ways. They're like, or, what if we make it darker? Yeah, and exactly. Like, and it's yeah. like, it's it's black as night pretty yeah, much as well. Yeah. Um, but again, I think using it the way you would use a liqueur a lot of times can be fun. Uh, it adds kind of like this like burnt licorice burnt coffee mm, kind of taste to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, so in small quantities, I can enjoy it. And then the other drink is a bitter Mai Tai, which is a Mai Tai variation with Campari. Um, there, there's a lot of different variations. I, I think of like proportions for that drink. Uh, yeah. I'll link to one in the show notes, not to, so we don't go well, it's off. It's got so the, many parts to it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, so I love Campari though. I will, I will die on a hill for it. I would say it's worth <laughs> getting a, like if you're into making cocktails at home, you want to experiment with it. 
get it and just, you know, see what you think of it. If you don't like it, it's again, you'll be able to make Negronis and stuff like that for people who do enjoy Campari when you're having guests over. So that's my third and final selection. I think, Will, you've convinced me. I won you over. See, that's what I was hoping because I knew there's a lot of people out there who, you know, have heard of Jungle Birds and yeah. et cetera. Like it's, it's again, like it's it's a known thing, but I think there are a lot of people that are hesitant to get a bottle because it has that reputation and it's very strong. Right. I would say just give it a shot. Um, again, don't give up on it right away. If you don't like it right away, it can be an acquired <laughs> taste. So yeah, hang I in like there. those type of things. And yeah. so I gravitate towards the less sweet and I don't mind if things have a bitter quality to them. Yes, mm-hmm. I want it to be balanced, of course. But so you, you've convinced me that 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 Campari might be something that I would be interested in. And, and awesome. I'm, I'm going to try it. So you've got one more at least. Yeah. And hopefully uh, more with some listeners that are like, oh, yeah, I, I've been meaning to grab that. So, yeah. OK, that's that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm going to I'm going to try it. I think these were really good suggestions. And I think that that was a good as a top three. Did you have any more that you just wanted to really quickly gloss over that you were just like considering for people? Yeah. And like we actually we ended up, I think, covering them um, okay, between good. all of our selections. Um, like Curacao was one for sure. I was right. going to bring up as like something you should have. Falernum was another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Allspice Dram was the other one for right. me. Like I, right. I love Allspice Dram. I use it in, in so many different cocktails. And again, That's like I said, I haven't really. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've got to get, get, get that on your yeah. agenda because. There's so many great and, and even simple ones like the Smuggler's Cove Planner's Punch recipe is mm. by far there's there's a million variations of Planner's Punch. Yeah. Um, but theirs has a little bit of allspice dram in it. And that's the one for me. Just like, oh, it's so good. It's just like and again, I, I like to just sprinkle it into stuff. Just if I have a cocktail that needs a little something, I'll get out my little <laughs> my little dasher bottle of allspice dram and just <laughs> sprinkle some in there. But yeah, I, I love it. I got to grab that, too. Cool. All right. Well, I think that does it for this uh, edition. I- I'd love to hear, by the way, if you're listening, if if there's something you love uh, that 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 we didn't cover, send us an email, host at rumcast.com. That's H-O-S-T at rumcast.com. We'd love to hear what are your home bar staples and how do you like to use them? So I, I think that's that's all for this week. I think our next episode will be back with uh, an interview that I'm very much looking forward to. So I won't reveal what it is quite yet. Um, No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. But uh, (laughs) yeah, John, anything else to cover before we wrap up? I really uh, am looking forward to that next one. Like you said, no spoilers, but we've got some really great interviews lined up. And so I'm I'm really happy uh, that we're going to be able to bring this to to our listeners and and just to the rum community. I think we're very privileged, Will, that we get the chance to to speak with these people. Uh, There was a lot of great reactions to Dr. Ward, Dr. Frank Ward, our last episode interview online. And we really, really love seeing that. And I don't know if you had a chance, Will, to to let Dr. Ward know that people were really enjoying it as well. But I am. I'm sending an email to him with some of the reactions. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was great because I think I think he's one of those people who's a known personality. Like I mean, like we covered in the last episode, an right. iconic figure. But you know, he's not exactly like on the interview circuit regularly. So getting right. a chance to speak with him and like sharing his knowledge with listeners, I think was uh, really special for us. And yeah, yeah uh, judging from the reactions, people really enjoyed it. So yeah, so keep those comments coming on social media. It really helps us to know uh, what you are enjoying and where we're we're trying to go with the podcast in the future so keep them coming and thanks so much for listening we really appreciate it and we can't wait to see you next time we'll see you then